Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. You know, you're kind of the talk of the town. Oh, this is going to be good. I'm Michelle Maju. And I'm Kate Maju. And we're married to each other. And this is the Ball Blast NFL Podcast. Each episode, we will feature the latest top news in the NFL and what it means for fantasy football, sports betting, and you, the NFL fan. Hey, Welcome into the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Majuk, and I'm joined by my lovely wife, Kate Majuk. That's me. That's you. We are now nine weeks through the fantasy season. My God. And you are either feeling real good about your team or real bad about your team, somewhere in between, and we're here to get you over that hump, to build that championship roster and even if you have a bad record it's okay everyone else is giving up you're not giving up you're not giving up there still is time there still is plenty of weeks before you know you're out of contention yeah there you you've still got time also if you're listening to fantasy podcasts you're fine you know you, you've been doing all right this year yeah yeah so we're gonna go through our rankings as usual we'll hit all the positions quarterback running backs wide receiver and tight ends now last week we made bets as usual our drink bets Mm -hmm. we made two bets we did go one for one each of us won one we lost one so Mm -hmm. i beat you on kareem hunt scored more than isaiah pacheco you have to drink for that and you beat me chris Olave scored more than michael Pittman. i will say it was very very close between Olave and Pittman, and Olave scored a touchdown which Pittman did not so I was it was correct. also very close between Hunt and well, Pacheco. Hunt outscored Pacheco in the same number of points that Olave outscored Pittman. So, like, neither of us really won. We're and both Hunt, losers here. Yeah, yeah, but, but Pittman was actually really good. Olave just caught a pass or caught a touchdown. That's all that matters, yeah. Michelle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll take a drink. and uh, Cheers, cheers to, uh, to us both being right and wrong. I mean, sure. If you want to call me being wrong, I don't know. You were wrong. On one of them. So. Okay. We will make a couple more bets throughout this episode, but let's just jump right into the quarterbacks for week 10, right off the bat. Let's talk about the bye weeks because this is a brutal bye week. We've got the Kansas City Chiefs, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Miami Dolphins. NFL, what were you doing? Yeah, so you're without Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, and Tua Tungavailola this (sighs) week. And then, you know, Matthew Stafford. A, even if he was going to play, he probably wasn't going to be in your fi- fantasy lineups anyways. But those are the four teams I buy. A lot of good fantasy assets. So we'll go through those. But just hitting on the quarterback position, it does get shallow really fast. So at the top, we have similar guys here. I mean, Josh Allen obviously is our quarterback one at the top. Then it's Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert and Dak Prescott. We feel good about all those guys. I will say you have Jared Goff as your quarterback two mm-hmm. feeling a little frisky there i do yeah. have a quarterback six so i can't complain too much but you're feeling really good about him in this matchup i did just want to start with lamar jackson here and justin herbert right they both so lamar jackson has had two weeks now back-to-back weeks where he's scored like no fantasy points justin herbert had the terrible week 
last uh, on Monday Night Football against the Jets. Do we think both bounce back this week? Lamar does get a tough matchup against the Cleveland Browns. Herbert's against the Lions. How are you feeling about these two guys? I'm not feeling so bad about Lamar Jackson. Like looking at last week, it was just, it was a very weird game. They absolutely blew them out. Like this was not Lamar Jackson literally was, was pulled in the fourth quarter at the, at the beginning of the fourth quarter played just 75% of offensive snaps because this was not even a close game. Like it it was. And the running back uh, scored three touchdowns. It was honestly just an unwatchable game. They just blew these Seattle Seahawks out of the water and it was embarrassing for the Seahawks. I'm so sorry uh, for anybody listening to this podcast who was the Seahawks fan because that was awful. Uh, but the Ravens seem to be doing that at this point. And I do think that when you have a defense that is as dominant as the Ravens defense and a talented run, get like they have all of the components that do put you at risk for some of these weeks. Where I will it's- say his upcoming schedule though, the Ravens upcoming schedule, there should be a lot more close games. I mean, a, like I know the the Browns don't have a great offense, but their defense is good. It should be a closer game. I mean, it wasn't even a very close game in week four between these two teams, but Lamar still put up 28 points. Like, he'll be fine. And then after that, he gets the Bengals and the Chargers. That should be high-scoring matchups. In the, in the fantasy playoffs, it's the Jaguars and the 49ers and Dolphins. Like, he, I'll take that all day. Yeah, he'll be fine. Same thing with Justin Herbert. I don't feel as confident about him from week to week just because – now we've had two years now where he's been very inconsistent, and it does seem like every time Mike Williams is not there for him, he just doesn't score as much. I know he kind of had a great game against the Bears, but he just doesn't most have enough quarterbacks. of those huge games, you know, as you would want out of someone that's so talented. But I do think he bounced back, bounced back this week because the Jets are such a hard defense. He'll be back with the Lions and have to put up points through the air. So both of them are trusting. Now, C.J. Stroud, I'll say one of us is trusting him and the other is not. You have him ranked as your quarterback six this week. I am down at quarterback 11. I think even that's too high. But with all the buys, I, I, you know, he's pushed up a little bit. I know he's talented. I know he has a very promising future. I know he went off last week and he was a quarterback one on the week. But I don't like this matchup with him having to go to Cincinnati and face the Bengals. I like I'm going to be honest a lot of this I feel like CJ Stroud being my quarterback six on on the week has less to do with CJ Stroud than it does me just not really loving this game slate for a lot of the other quarterbacks like Trevor Lawrence going against the 49ers coming out of a bye he hasn't been playing well to begin with uh not necessarily terrible in the field but not you know, he's not producing. He's not points. producing a ton of fantasy points. Dak Prescott against the Giants. We all know how that ended the first time around. Like this was so uncompetitive, they didn't even need to play Dak Prescott. Like he was irrelevant. Kyler Murray coming off a torn ACL. We don't even know if he's playing. Like there are a lot of matchups that I think pose decent question marks. Like even Brock Purdy going against the Jaguars. This has been a decent unit in coverage. They've been able to generate turnovers, which has been a problem for Brock Purdy over the last three weeks, five interceptions in that span. Like there's a lot not to like about these matchups right now. And I do think that like CJ Stroud up against the Bengals, I know it's on the road, but this is a guy who's playing super well. Tank Dell playing super well. Nico Collins playing super well. 
Dalton Schultz playing super well. Like he's, I don't think you have to necessarily sit him. I just wouldn't expect uh, a, a ton this week, right? His home road splits are pretty severe. He's now played four games at home, four games on the road, averaging just 14 and a half fantasy points per game on the road, 25 points per game at home. But that's like on the road, rookie quarterback struggle, right? It's a totally different environment. And being in Cincinnati, like the I Bengals think that's fans, fair. Bengals fans are legit and they're going to be there. They're going to be loud. It's not going to be an easy environment to play in. And the Bengals have allowed just nine passing touchdowns all season to 11 interceptions. And they faced some good quarterbacks this year. I mean, they faced Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson, if you can still call him good and Brock Purdy, like that's a good offense. Like they face good offenses and they still allow just nine passing touchdowns all year. I want, I don't want to play strong if I don't have to. I think that's fair. I just don't know, like, who would you realistically want to start over I him? Say, I think I'll start Kyler Murray over CJ Stroud this week. I think that's I think that's totally fair. Like, I I, I again, get he's his first week back since week 14 last year. It's been a long time. I'm sure he's going to be rusty, right? I'm sure it's not going to be pretty. But he gets the Falcons. He'll face the Falcons, who are allowing the seventh most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks this year. We just saw Josh Dobbs. I mean, we talk about, like, just coming back, right? Josh Jobs got traded that same week. Didn't even know the playbook, and he put up a good fantasy. Day I do not the Falcons. Like I, I, again, this isn't necessarily a testament to the Falcons. It's not like none of that. But Kyler Murray, a good portion of his fantasy performance comes from his ability as a rusher. Yeah. How much are they going to lean on that in this game? I don't know, and I don't think that. The Atlanta Falcons, like they're not, you know, they've been a fine matchup, but I, I don't know that this is one that I necessarily want to test against the run, especially with my quarterback coming back from a torn ACL. Yeah, well, like like this, they've been better against the run against than against the pass. We'll see how that translates here in this game, but it just it feels like a risk. And it, you know what? I get burned all this time because I'm not as I, I'm a little bit more risk averse. I yeah. feel like and. The issue is because these quarterbacks are on by and then you have Justin Fields not coming back this week. Like we thought maybe he would, he's going to be out for another week. Daniel Jones, Jones tore his ACL. It's not like you're thinking about playing him anyways, but these, these quarterbacks are getting real thin here. Trevor Lawrence was supposed to be great this year for fantasy, right? He is yet to put up a big fantasy week this year. Hasn't finished inside the top 10 yet in a week, which is absolutely absurd because Desmond Ritter, has finished as a top 10 quarterback <laughs> in three weeks this year. Three separate weeks he's finished as a top 10 quarterback, and Trevor Lawrence has yet to do it. I don't understand how that's possible with his weapons and the offense he's in, and he has talent. And he has, like, he, he can run, too, which is even crazier. But Lawrence has finished as a quarterback 16 or worse in 50% of the weeks this year that he's played. Like, and then you're getting – I know the 49ers defense hasn't been good lately. They really haven't. But coming off the bye, you have to expect they got some things together. You're adding in Chase Young into the mix, which, like, I'm sorry, that front seven has to be the sca- – if you are a NFL quarterback and you have to go up against this defensive line, you've got Nick Bosa, you've got Javon Hargrave, you've got now Chase Young, you've got Fred Warner at linebacker. Like, this is the scariest – I no, like no. And I like for a guy who's already had a really low ceiling to begin with this season and like no, no. Two other quarterback options that 
you can consider this week. Baker Mayfield against the Titans Mm -hmm. or Will Levis against the Buccaneers. Both of those guys may be on your waivers. Who would you rather go with? And would you rather go with Trevor Lawrence over both of these guys or take a shot on either Mayfield or Levis? Taking a shot on Levis all day. This is one of my absolute favorite flex play or, you know, flex plays, streamers, whatever you want to call them of the week. Since week five, coming out of their bye, the Bucs have been one of the juiciest matchups for opposing quarterbacks just in all of fantasy allowed 22 plus fantasy points in three of the last four weeks. Like this has been a, a perfectly good matchup, which is interesting. Like they've been fine against the run, but this has been a, a secondary that's given up plenty to opposing quarterbacks. We saw Will Levis like struggle a little bit more against, he wasn't as productive against the Steelers defense, but this, you know, unit had kind of been Ben Don't Break all year season long. And, and I don't know. I Will Levis, he's got a, a little bit of that rushing upside too. Like productive as, as a rushing touchdown scorer coming out of Kentucky. I don't know. I, I feel think it. This, I think this has to be our first bet of the week because I'm going to go with Baker Mayfield. I feel much more confident in that he'll get me 18 points, right? Will Levis could get you nothing. We saw that against the Steelers. And also in his big four. The Steelers are a much better defense than the Buccaneers. Are they? I think so. Are they? I think so. (laughs) I so the the Titans, right? Heard of them. They're middle of the pack in fantasy points Mm -hmm. per game allowed to quarterbacks this year, but they also just traded away their best secondary player. And Baker Mayfield has been very just solid. And I think that like if this week you are you're missing out on your Mahomes or your Hurts or your um, Tua, like a, a guy with a super high ceiling that you've been trusting every week, I do think just plugging in Baker, knowing you're going to get 16 to 20 points in a four-point pass touchdown league, or more than that if you're in a six-point pass touchdown league, I think that feels good for me in a week that instead of just taking a big risk. I think that's fine, but do you not agree that Will Levis probably has a higher ceiling? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, he has a higher ceiling for sure. But I think Baker outscores him this week. It's not always about the highest ceiling. Okay. So that's our first bet. Okay. Baker Mayfield versus Will Levis. I cannot wait to cash in next week. (laughs) Write that down. All right, moving on to running backs. Uh, We have a a few running backs on by that are notable. Raheem Mm -hmm. Mostert will be out. DeAndre Swift out. Isaiah Pacheco. And then the Rams running backs, either Daryl Henderson or Royce Freeman, if you're counting on them. So, again, some some notable guys are out this week on bye. At the top, I would say, obviously, Christian McCaffrey. Mm-mm. I have him as a running back one, obviously. You're super, super low on him at running back two. <laughs> but uh, you have someone ahead of him, which I think is pretty wild. You have Brees Hall as your running back one this week against the Raiders in the worst Sunday night matchup of all time that we all have to sit through. I know. I want to light my eyeballs on fire. <laughs> What's like... worse, the Panthers-Bears <laughs> game on Thursday night football with uh, Tyson. Uh, or, uh, oh, my goodness. Tyson Badgen. And Bra- I, would at, yeah. I would at least probably say, like, Thursday night football because at least you get a look at Bryce Young and – this Chicago Bears secondary well, not, not so great. So like, about Zach Wilson and Aiden O'Connell. And no, I like. I honestly think I'd probably prefer the Bears. At least, like, at least you get to evaluate 
Bryce yeah. Young, and that's so tell me about that's Bryce about Young. it. Or okay, tell me about Brees Hall. Brees Hall is my RB one on the week. He scored twenty plus fantasy points in three of the last four weeks. Had a little bit of a down week against this Chargers team, but of course, like you're you're not necessarily going to expect a ton. He had a couple of like really nice runs that actually got p- called back by penalty. This was just a disaster of a game. It was a disaster of a game. There could not have been a worse matchup, less conducive to the run. He still got 16 carries, but like I said, most of his best runs were called back by penalty, which was such a bummer. This week, they get the Raiders, who I know they're kind of rallying in their uh, post-Josh McDaniels era, but this team still, as a defense, ranked third in the league, allowing 4.65 yards per attempt to opposing running backs. They are one of two defenses that have allowed 1,000 a, a rushing yards, allowing the eighth most broken tackles to running backs, which you know that's like Brees Hall's yum, yum, yum. Like, Brees Hall, one missed force tackle, and that boy is gone for days. Second highest explosive run rate allowed in the league so far, 25th in yards after contact per attempt. Like, you literally name a metric, and the Raven or the Raiders are bad at it against the run. Yeah, it doesn't matter what it is. But I don't think we need to talk people into playing Brees Hall too much. I am at running back four. No, but like the, I do think that this is his week. I, I think this is his week. So I'm gonna go. So, so like to go through the top of our rankings here: Alvin Kamara, obviously in Austin Eckler, Travis Etienne has been killing it. Like these aren't guys you have question marks about. B. John Robinson. I want to talk about him because I have him at running back six. You have him running back 13. I'm you, sick of it. People are still going to play him, right? That's not the question here. You're, you're still plugging him in. But is he ever going to fully break out? Is he ever mm. going to get that full workload that you took him so high for? And I want to discuss this because it's not that just Arthur Smith doesn't care about fantasy football. I understand that. You shouldn't care about no, fantasy football. He doesn't care but about – he being, hates us. No, but the he is – being a, a terrible, terrible coach right now with the way he's utilizing his players. A, I love the matchup this week, right? Cardinals are allowing the third most fantasy points per game to running backs this year. Great matchup. He should kill it. It just all comes down to if Arthur Smith will get his head out of his butt. And it, it really is just that because there is nothing that you can look at and say that Tyler Algier should be getting as many touches or more touches and snaps than Bijan Robinson. So Bijan Robinson is averaging five yards per carry this year. Second, sounds pretty second good. in the NFL mm-hmm. with a minimum of 100 carries. Tyler Algier is averaging 3.2 yards per carry. That's not as good. Third fewest in the NFL. So a, a little bit different. Second most and third fewest with a minimum of 100 carries. Mm-hmm. Listen, Robinson is averaging 3.6 yards after contact per carry this year. That is more than Tyler Algier is averaging total yards per carry. Because I just told you, Tyler Algier is averaging 3.2 yards per carry total. Bijan is averaging 3.6 after contact per carry. Like These two are not in the same realm of existence. Robinson is one of just two running backs that hit 15-plus miles per hour on 30-plus carries this year. It's him and Raheem Mostert. We know Raheem Mostert is like the fastest That's player That's really ever. impressive. Mostert's like a tiny dude who's super fast. Like, Bijan's a big dude. He's not supposed to be that fast. And they're also just not utilizing him near the goal line whatsoever. He has one carry from five yards or closer to the goal line this year, Robinson. Algier leads the team with six such carries. We saw him last week get a carry and lose four mm-hmm. yards. 
Guess what? We also saw Jonu Smith get a carry at the goal line. Shocker, he didn't get in. So now Jonu Smith has the same amount of carries near the goal line as Robinson has. Uh, a guy named Kaderil Hodge, a wide receiver for the Falcons, has as many carries big, around the goal big line. Big fan of the show. John Robinson Kaderil. has. <laughs> like, this is absurd. Robinson had 18 rushing touchdowns at Texas last year. He led the Big 12. He is insanely talented. And He's this explosive. Is, this is malpractice. This is inexcusable what Arthur Smith is doing. And if I if he does not use Bijan Robinson this week against the Cardinals, I hope they lose so bad. And I hope he gets fired during the bye week. And I never want to hope for a man to get fired besides Matt Canada. But at this point, he is getting ridiculous. I mean, yeah, he has been getting ridiculous. And if you lose, it's because you're not using your elite eighth overall <laughs> pick running back. That is the best prospect since Adrian Peterson, and you took him eighth overall, which is ridiculous because you had so many holes on your team, but you just needed this running back to not use him. Oh, my God. I've never heard you so passionate about anything. Yeah. But, like, I I think that Arthur Smith, like, he's on the hot seat for many more reasons, this team. Oh, probably because he doesn't want to use Drake London, his – Eighth overall <laughs> wide receiver he drafted. His fourth overall tight end he drafted, Kyle Pitts. Maybe because he doesn't want to use any of them. And he just wants to use his nobodies and wants to try to win it's, games from there. It's very bizarre, though. Maybe it's you almost... shouldn't lose to Joshua Dobbs, who just joined That's, the team five seconds ago. That is my point. So you lose – you give – not just lose a game to the Tennessee Titans, which is bad enough it, in and of itself. No, no, no. Uh, week before. Oh. Uh, you lose a game to the Tennessee Titans, but – in Will Levis's first career start, you allow him to throw four touchdowns, and zero interceptions, because... and you do nothing. And then you go in the next week, they're starting rookie quarterback, Jaron Hall. Jaron Hall's forced from the game. You literally have a guy that got to the team, I think, on Wednesday. It fully admitted after the game, like, didn't know the plays, like, didn't know the playbook. You had uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin O'Connell literally drawing, like, translating the plays line by line for Josh Dobbs because he literally didn't know who these people were when he was throwing them the ball. Let them orchestrate a win. Like the, the issues for the Falcons, I think go so far beyond Bijan Robinson, but Bijan Robinson just feels like a symptom of everything that is wrong in Arthur Smith's head. I'm choosing to believe that Arthur Smith will figure it out because he wants to keep his job. And he'll start to utilize him. I will say, we're going to talk about Jonathan Taylor. Bijan Robinson's year this year is so much like Jonathan Taylor's rookie season. Jonathan Taylor was losing so many snaps, was very bad for fantasy because of Naheem Hines. <laughs> the team just needed Naheem Hines on the field for whatever reason, right? It was ridiculous. But then starting in week 11, they fed Jonathan Taylor like no other, and he was a league winner in fantasy. So that what year. you're saying is we can't start Bijan in week 10, one, one more week. and we should yeah. wait one no, more week. No, I think you can start 11. him this week. This is when it flips, hopefully. Hopefully. Okay. But talking about Jonathan Taylor, I, I think we both agree he's officially a top play every week now. You have him at RB6. I am at RB9. His – snaps have gone up every single week he's been back but they really that last week is when it really happened right moss barely got any work jonathan taylor was on the field 74 percent of the time this matchup against the patriots isn't nearly as scary as it might seem like you hear patriots they're allowing the 13th most fantasy points per game to running backs this year so not like an elite matchup but a fine matchup so plug in jonathan taylor but i have a harder question for you now the lions they get back david montgomery Mm -hmm. this week it's been really fun for Jameer Gibbs for those couple weeks without yeah. David Montgomery. 
Now, what do we do with this backfield that both are there again? So we had, you know, the coaching staff come out and say like, yeah, we're, we're still going to keep, you know, Jameer Gibbs. We're going to get him his touches. That's fine. But I still think that these very valuable carries that you love the carries inside the five and like, I still think they really like David Montgomery for that kind of role. And that concerns me a little bit. Yeah, so this is the thing in this matchup with the Chargers. I, I'm more confident in Gibbs than you are. I am ranked a, a significant, well, significantly ahead of you. That's a word. Yeah. I'm at RB14. You have him at RB22. So I'm feeling much more confident he will put up points this week. And I'm still saying you start him. Yeah, for sure. I, but I, I'm thinking of it less risky than you are. A, this is, again, about talent, right? Talent. Uh, Gibbs is averaging 5.3 yards per carry this year, 6.2 and 5.9 yards per carry over the last two games as he was a starter and getting work. Montgomery is averaging 4.1. He's had one single game with over 4.2 yards. He's fine as like that, that guy, if you're winning games and you just need a veteran, you can trust and he's going to get it done. He's He's going to grind it out. He's going to get you those two to three yards that you need each time. He's going to grind out and he's good near the goal line. I'll totally give you that. But I don't think in this matchup against the Chargers, they're just going to be winning heavily, right? I think it'll be a close game. The Chargers have been a very solid run defense this year, but have allowed the second most receiving yards to running backs this season. And that is Gibbs specialty. Right. That's he's much better than Montgomery in that. And they've been using him in that year area, even with Montgomery. So I have Gibbs ranked one spot higher than Montgomery. I think both are playable. Both should be good. Montgomery will likely get the touchdowns. Yeah. But Gibbs will be fine with the yardage and the receptions. I think that's fair. And then maybe Gibbs breaks one off and he scores a touchdown. That's the thing. You don't need as many but touches But also, it's not like Gibbs has Gibbs. been struggling to score touchdowns without Montgomery. He can also do it. It's just this whole vet thing. It's just because Montgomery's a vet. That's really it. God, I hate stubborn NFL coaches. Yeah. It's Ugh. like you saw what Gibbs could do for you before your bye. And you're, hopefully they don't go away from that. Javante Williams, not as exciting of a player at all. But before their bye week in week nine, so in week eight when they played the Chiefs, we saw Javante Williams have 27 carries. Now, for a while there, it was like a, a split backfield. Yes, who's back, yeah. back, back. He was splitting a backfield with Samaj P. Ryan, and then even with McLaughlin before that. Uh, like, But now it just seems like this is his backfield again, right? 15 carries a week before that, then 27. He got the receiving touchdown. He gets the Bills this week. Pretty solid matchup for running backs. We both have him at RB19. Like, he's a really solid play. I, I really like Javante Williams, and I feel like you mentioned the workload in the game before the bye. I feel like that like kind of went unnoticed, generally speaking. Didn't see a lot of conversation about Javante Williams, this sort of breakout usage that I feel like we've all been waiting for. It wasn't the most efficient game, averaged just 3.15 yards per carry. Like that's not – you're not going to be singing to the stars about, you know – that kind of you know production but you should be pretty happy about that kind of usage and it did come against the Kansas City Chiefs defense which generally pretty underrated I think like this has not been an easy team to either pass or run on throughout the year much more challenging matchup than it's been in years past so like 
I'm not holding his inefficiency against him and, you know, I, I think he's fine. Um, but you really like the usage and I don't know the bills continue to turn over the ball. You have Josh Allen throwing picks left and right. That could set up this, this offense for maybe some decent field position, maybe score one of yeah, them touchdowns. Yeah, he's yet to score a rushing touchdown. Same thing with Alexander Madison. He has yet to score a rushing touchdown. Would you rather play Alexander Madison against the Saints? Ramondre Stevenson, who had that long rushing touchdown last week, he gets the Colts this week, or James Conner against the Falcons if he plays. So this would be his first game back off of IR with that injury. Who would you feel most confident about out of these three? Again, it's Madison, Stevenson, or Connor. I'd prefer Stevenson up against the Colts. I just think, like, generally speaking, that's been a better matchup. Um, this has been, you know, a, a matchup that's allowing the second most rushing touchdowns in the league, only behind the Panthers to the running back position. Um, I think that this team is probably in a better position to score than maybe these two other teams. Like we'll talk about like the Cardinals offense. I think when we talk about the wide receivers, cause I have some notes, but it wasn't pretty last week. Okay, it was not pretty Clayton tuned. Yeah, I, we don't we don't know what we're gonna get out of this defense or out of this offense. And the Falcons, to this point in the season, they have not been an easy team to run against either. So like this hasn't been a juicy matchup for running backs. Alexander Madison, he's got a tough matchup against the Saints. Like Stevenson definitely has the best matchup. We saw the explosive playability last week. Yeah, one time, one time. Finally, I, I'm just this saying is, this is Stevenson's carry load over the last five weeks: eight carries, ten carries, nine carries, ten carries, nine carries. He's getting no work. Like, thank goodness he broke off a sixty-yard touchdown last week because it wouldn't have been a good fantasy day. That was pretty much all. And of yet he's had fourteen-plus fantasy points in three of the last four yeah, weeks. If you're playing in a full PPR league, then yeah, he's still. We a usually fine play. talk full PPR. We are. He's normally a fine play, right? But not. Yeah. Do you? Th- I. I just don't know. Like, are you really expecting? I would much rather go with Connor if he's back for sure. Okay. He just he gets so much workload and scores the touchdowns and we've seen these running backs on the Cardinals without him, like it's been pathetic. So I do think James I Conner just, comes back and is good. And I still think I would rather play Madison as well because there is no Cam Akers. You know, even with Cam Akers, he was getting way more carries than Stevenson. We do see he can't get a rushing touchdown to save his life, but he is getting a couple of receive. He set three receiving touchdowns this year. Like I, I, we know Josh Dobbs likes to pass to the running back, and we saw that last week. Forty nine receiving yards for Madison, and the receiving touchdown. I would just rather go with Madison than Stevenson, and I'd rather with Connor than Stevenson. I'd rank it Connor, Madison, Stevenson. I think all three are playable. Okay, but it, the Atlanta Falcons top ten rushing I don't defense. Wanna, I don't want to the... have all my hopes and dreams on nine rush, nine carries. Okay. Like, and like the week before we saw him have two receptions, it was four receptions last week, but it's just, it hasn't been consistent for him in the passing game. And I just, I don't feel great about Stevenson, but he's still a playable guy, right? I just like the other guys a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Moving on to wide receivers. We both have CD lamb as our wide receiver one. Cause he's been killing it. Like he's been the wide receiver one in back-to-back weeks. Week. Yeah. So can he do it in the third straight week? Probably not. Probably right? not. But- I, that actually, now that I say that out loud, I that stat just kind of makes me want to move him around a little bit. 
just because there's no way he finishes as the overall wide receiver one three weeks in a row. Yeah, no, he's been electric. And the only thing that will stop him in this matchup is if the Cowboys get a bunch of defensive touchdowns. That's what like I'm scared right of. Or maybe Tony Pollard goes down and scores a touchdown or someone else catches a pass from Dak Prescott and then the defense gets a touchdown. Like there are way- I mean, we saw this in week one where pretty much no one on the Cowboys passing offense because Tony Pollard got two rushing touchdowns that game, and then the defense did the rest. Dak stunk, CeeDee Lamb stunk. Like, everyone stunk because they didn't need him. That's pretty much your only worry here. But I'm... And now they don't even have... uh, I'm sorry, what is the name of their rookie? Tommy DeVito. Of course, Tommy DeVito. (laughs) (laughs) The the main man. Like, Tommy DeVito. Like, that is not a name that inspires confidence. No. That, like, he's going to really keep this game close. That is the scary part about CeeDee Lamb. So I, I will say besides, so you get CeeDee Lamb, Stephon Diggs, Amon Ross, St. Brown. feel amazing about all those, right? And you're always going to plug in Keenan Allen. And Mike Evans has been good. And Adam Thielen, I, I'm not worried about his down week last week. We both have him ranked as our wide receiver six. You just keep plugging him in. It does get more questionable after that because Jamar Chase, we both have him ranked high. You have him at one running back, wide receiver four. I'm at wide receiver seven. I have T. Higgins at nine. You have T. Higgins at 11. So these are two guys we feel really good about this week. Both but are on now, the injury report. Yeah, I mean, both, Chase, Jamar Chase didn't practice today because of that back injury he suffered in week nine. And it looked brutal for him, right? And then T. Higgins now all of a sudden on the injury report with a hamstring injury. How confident do we feel? I mean, T. Higgins had his breakout game of the year last week. You feel you're feeling good about him being back and healthy, but is he back and healthy? And Jamar <laughs> Chase, like, how much will this back affect him? Last week, you only had four receptions, forty-one yards. I mean, I it, as soon as you saw him go down with that back injury, um, I think it was Chris Collinsworth. He was like, "Man, they're gonna have to like claw him out of bed oh, tomorrow." Oh, he was obsessed with it, and like, but. You look at the play and you're like, yeah, that it, it looked brutal. But I'm hoping that it's one of those things that like maybe you're like sore for a couple of days and then you get back. Like hopefully it's not like an injury injury. Maybe it's just like one of those things you landed real hard in just the wrong spot. And that just kind of shakes your body up for a couple of days. I think we're just going to have to like watch these practice reports super closely but if they're active, I feel like there's not – again, you have Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddell, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith. Like, you've got so many yeah, – Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua. Like, you've got so many top-tier wide receivers out on bye this week that I don't think you can reasonably sit either if they're active. The bigger question, I think, is how much does – like, if they have questions about their health, what does that mean for Joe Burrow, who finally looks healthy? He yeah. looks great. This is already a challenging matchup against the Houston Texans in terms of the secondary. You might have Derek Stingley, cornerback uh, for the Houston Texans, coming off of IR. He's missed several games. Like, it's already a tough matchup. So, like, what does, you know, your top two receivers, if they're not at 100%, what does that do for Joe Burrow? Yeah, that's just something you're going to have to keep an eye on. If they're all active, if Chase and Higgins are active, I'm playing them. But you might just have to temper expectations. I mean, Joe Burrow, you can't afford to sit him either. So that, like, 
this is one of those weeks where you temper expectations yeah. and you you live with the results. I think that's what you have to do. So I don't know what to do with Devontae Adams. Ugh, I don't even want to talk about this dude. Listen, he hasn't done anything the last two weeks. He really hasn't done anything in four, all year. Four of the last five games. And I mean, even the one game, I'm not counting. It was 12 targets, seven receptions, 57 yards. So that wasn't a really good game either. It's been the first four weeks of the season were solid. And after that, I mean, he hasn't even gotten into the end zone since week three when he had his two touchdowns. And we he thought, should have so requested a trade. Yeah. Like but Aiden O'Connell <laughs> last week, it didn't work out for him. It was a fine matchup against the Giants. He got seven targets, seven like, four receptions, 34 yards. Now he gets the Jets. We're allowing by far the fewest fantasy points per game to wide receivers this year. I am like too scared to put him lower than wide receiver 17, but I think he probably should be. You have him at wide receiver 10 still. And I think that's probably just name value. I, I, I like, I think, I don't think he finishes as a top 20 wide receiver this year or this this week, but I still would be too scared to sit him. And why, why is that in our heads? I wish we could just take off names. Uh, I mean, you're right. If, if, if you looked at the stats and looked at the if you erased his name yeah you you would definitely have him much much lower uh okay just off the top of my head erasing his name looking at the stats looking at the matchup i'd probably have him around wide receiver 28 yeah same yeah but you can't yeah. <laughs> you can't you cannot you can't sit Devonte Adams. The ceiling's way too high. But is it though with <sighs> Sauce Gardner playing against him, and then Aiden O'Connell throwing him the ball? I don't think it's so much like I. I wouldn't like overall. I'm not overly scared about Devonte Adams yeah, facing top a, coverage. If this was an easier matchup, I would be down. If this were just a matchup where he had a quarterback that could throw a football. Listen, I don't, there's no options for that in the Raiders right now. And moving on to something that I feel a little bit better about. It's DK Metcalf this week. Now I know he hasn't done a whole lot this year either. He really has not. No. He's been one of the most disappointing okay. fantasy assets. We're going to talk about to- him because okay. he's going to have a huge week. I am a wide receiver okay. 16. You clearly like him as well. You have a wide receiver 15. He gets the commanders. Commanders are one of four teams allowing 40 plus fantasy points per game to wide receivers this season. They have allowed the second most receiving touchdowns to wide receivers this season. And I know they had a super hard matchup last week. He only came down with that one reception for 50 yards. But that's what he can do, right? Those big plays. The week before that, got 14 targets. And if he's going to get that kind of workload, I think this is the week that DK Metcalf just has a massive, massive game. I mean, this has like been kind of just a, a slow and steady wins the race kind of thing for DK Metcalf this year. Like, Outside of last week where he did, again, post a 50-yard reception, he's been relatively stable. The biggest issue for him is that he hasn't had that sort of boom week. He still he hasn't been scoring touchdowns. Either. He hasn't been scoring touchdowns. And, like, ironically, when I watch DK Metcalf, I think he looks pretty good, which it just isn't translating to fantasy production. And you look at sort of the emergence of Jackson Smith and Jigba, who's come on a little bit more as of late and – Tyler Lockett's getting like it's there are so many viable assets in this offense and I feel like you're you're kind of starting to feel that a little bit more than maybe you would have expected I think we all just kind of thought DK Metcalf was going to be immune to that 
I don't think he is. And I think we're just kind of seeing this. But if there is one matchup that you're going to take full advantage of this season, it's going to be against the commanders, period. Yeah. yeah if you can't do it here, then we're going to get a little worried. Then but you I, ain't going to do it. Yeah, I think he has a really big week. I have him ranked as a top 10 guy this week. Deontay Johnson for the Steelers. He mm-hmm. has been nothing but solid since coming back from his injury. 79 plus receiving yards in each of the three games since being back. Like he is this team's wide receiver one. This offense has been missing him too. I do think the offense, although they're not putting up a lot of points, they still they look better with Deontay Johnson out on the field. Mm-hmm. Like he's clearly he spreads things one. out a little bit. He just he's he, such a good route runner. Like he's so necessary for this team. He yeah. did score his first touchdown. Uh, since Big Ben. Yeah, since 2021 last week. So that ben Roethlisberger, before week nine, Ben Roethlisberger was the last quarterback to throw Deontay Johnson a touchdown. Yes. That is insane. Yeah. But Deontay Johnson, especially in PPR leagues, just a, a really, really solid play every week. Keep plugging him in. Christian Kirk. So the Jaguars get the 49ers this week, and the 49ers have actually allowed the third most fantasy points per game to wide receivers this season. So if you want to throw in Calvin Ridley, fine, right? He's been highly inconsistent, but he has high upside in this matchup. I will say I do think Trevarius Ward will be covering Calvin Ridley. Will, Ward has not been as shut down of a corner for the 49ers as he was last year, but he's still much better than the 49ers slot corners. They are the worst. They give up so many yards to the slot. And guess who plays in the slot? Christian Kirk, baby. So really high on Christian Kirk this week because the 49ers since last year when they had the best defense in the league, they couldn't cover the slot last year and they have not figured it out this year in the slightest. So Christian Kirk is a guy I very, very much am high on this week. I really like that. And I also think that's probably going to translate to maybe a decent game from Evan Ingram. Like I, yeah. I could picture that sort of being a, a crossover now, Zay effect Jones here. is back, so we'll see if that limits Christian Kirk's snaps at Zay all. Jo- but Jay- Zay Jones plays a lot on the outside, so I don't expect that to be as big of a factor. It'll just depend on how much they play 11 personnel or... Yeah, and but I think they started off the year kind of slow in that regard, and you saw Christian Kirk's role kind of limited, and I think you saw... The effect of that, like that limited their offense a bit and and you kind of immediately saw them course correct and get Christian Kirk back on the field. So I'm I am expecting them to continue keep him involved and and but yeah, I, I would much prefer Christian Kirk over Calvin Ridley this week. Yeah, though. and uh, Kirk has scored a touchdown in two of the last three games. I, I fully expect him to score a touchdown in this game again because Isaiah Oliver, their slot corner, is just the absolute worst. Guy, He's just been so safe too, in, in terms of target share, five or more targets in all but one game this season. That one game was week one when they screwed up. So I know my next bet. All right. Okay. Because you are very low on this guy, mm-hmm. Marquise Brown. Let's I'm talk about it. Very much higher on him than this week than you are. I am at wide receiver nineteen. You have him all the way down at wide receiver thirty-one. Do you want to explain to me why you hate? Marquise Brown this week. I'm just not sure I trust this offense. I, I know Kyler Murray probably back this week. I don't think this is a good offense, it, period. I, I know, like, Kyler Murray coming back can change things a lot. But also, I think you need to kind of temper expectations in Kyler Murray's first game returning from a torn ACL, if he even makes that return. Like, it's not 
It's not a lock at this point, correct? Or am yeah, I, it's a lock. He's it is back. locked? Mm-hmm. Official. Okay. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I don't know that you can expect him to be at his 100%. A big part of him being at 100% is being as mobile as possible. And, you know, even if you are 100%, you're practicing in full, etc. Like, there's a big difference between getting hit in practice and getting hit on the football field. And how much are they going to have time to allow plays to develop if Kyler Murray doesn't want to get hit? If he's not ready to take that first well, hit. You don't need play. I mean, it's not like Marquis Brown gets a ton of deep I, But I, I just I think there's a lot of question marks here. I mean, this offense literally produced – what fifty something, fifty something yards last week, and Clayton too. Like we need to keep remembering that this offense looked pretty know. good with Josh Dobbs for most of the year. So- I think that's. I think it's fair. I just like there is a perfect storm of this question is- marks here for me that I'm not going to trust it. And Marquise Brown, like I don't think his ceiling has been high enough, nor has his floor been. So I do think the floor has been pretty good, right? So that's why I think wide receiver 31 is really low, and I have a wide receiver 19. So it's not like I have him super high. But Marquise Brown has finished as a top 24 wide receiver in five weeks this season. I mean, that's a lot of weeks to finish as a top 24 guy when you're playing with Josh Dobbs and Clayton Toon, right? You're playing in this offense that is not supposed to be good because they don't have their starting quarterback. Brown has the 12th most targets among all wide receivers this year. Again, unfortunately, that hasn't turned into many arts because he's playing with Josh Dobbs and Clayton Toon. Like, I understand that. But now Kyler Murray's back. These two, Brown and Kyler Murray, played six games together last year without DeAndre Hopkins, right? Because DeAndre Hopkins dealt with the suspension, so weeks one through six. Marquise Brown averaged over 10 targets per game, over 80 receiving yards per game, and 18.3 fantasy points per game over those six games. I'm not expecting huge things from him right off the bat. That's why I don't have him as a top 12 guy. But I do think wide receiver 19 in this matchup with Kyler back is very reasonable. I mean, maybe I'm a little bit too low. I'm not going to. Who are you going to put him up against? Pick somebody out of your uh, you know, 19 to 25 range, 19 to 28 range. That's not Deontay Johnson because that's not a lot. Um, Deontay's too safe. How about. Um, how about, how about, how about, okay. Say a name. Tyler Lockett. Okay. Perfect. Love that name. You pick Tyler Lockett. I will go with Marquise Brown very easily. Very easy. I was a little worried. You're going to say Tank Dell. I, I was like thinking of Tank Dell. Oh. I like Tank Dell this week though. So I want to really wanted to make that bet. Now I do think Marquise Brown will outscore Tank Dell. I think he's safer than Tank Dell for sure. That's what it comes down to. I think Marquise Brown is safer than Tank Dell because we've now seen a lot of huge games from Tank Dell for a rookie. I just, let's talk through this right with Tank Dell real quick. I don't love the matchup against the Bengals. I already talked about this with CJ Stroud, but when we look at Tank Dell's, fantasy points i think it's very say fair to say that his week five game where he got concussed in the first half you can kind of throw that out for fantasy points right because he had 57 yards in the first half and he got concussed and he missed the rest of the game but so i i think that's fair to say he would have had a really good game i'm gonna throw that out the week after coming back after missing a few games like it's gonna take you a second to come back right so the rest of the five games this year these are three of the five games 20 fantasy points, 25 fantasy points, 29.6 fantasy points. 
So there, and, and then one of those games I didn't mention was his very first game in the NFL. So no, he didn't do anything as a third round rookie in his first very game. So there's been one bad game from him where actually you expected him to do anything. Yeah, I love Tank Dell. Tank Dell's so good. He is so good. So I, I, I do think he's a lot like, I'll talk about it, Gabe Davis, where he's going to be inconsistent, right? A, Tank Dell's a rookie, so that makes sense. He's going to be inconsistent. But like he is that big play guy, and it's not always going to come his way, right? But I just think if you want those big games, you got to keep playing him. And with Gabe Davis, I've already figured it out. You play him at home, and you sit him on the road. And don't worry if there's one big road game and you miss out. That's fine, right? You can't play him on the road. But Gabe Davis at home, you play him. And guess who's at home this week? The Bills. Gabe Davis's home road splits this year. He he averages 17 points at home, four points on the road. <laughs> Not just like I mean, wow, across the board, um, almost seven targets per game at home. Just under four targets per game on like he, he averages one reception per game away. Crazy. 5.4 at home, 72 receiving yards per game at home. But it's not just because of Gabe Davis, Josh Allen and this whole Bills offense performs so much better at home than they do on the road. Interesting. So this week on at home, play him up Davis, light him up. And then when he's back on the road, you sit him back down. That's what you do for now on. If you have Gabe Davis. Okay. You like that theory? Yeah. Okay, cool. Moving I love home road splits. They're so easy. Yeah, they really are. Can't everyone? Home? So? I, it was like Big Ben. That's like, like Jared Goff. I mean, oh, Jared Goff. Is he home? Even though we do like Jared Goff this week. He's not I know. Home. But he's playing in nice He's weather playing in, in a dome. Yeah. And like the Chargers don't have a fan base, so it's not no. really like a away <laughs> no. game. And moving on to tight ends here. They don't have a fan base. They don't have weather. Like We are missing our dear Lord, our tight end one, our GOAT. Travis Kelsey this week. Always the worst week of the fantasy season. And then also Dallas Goddard's on by, but it doesn't really matter because you weren't going to have him anyways, unfortunately, with the fractured arm. He'll be out for weeks. So, I mean, tight ends are already gross, right? But I have Dalton. We have actually the same four fantasy tight ends, just in a different order. But you feel good about these four guys for sure, right? It's Dalton Kincaid, Sam Laporta, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson. Feel great about them. Plug him in. George Kittle, he has too high of a ceiling to sit. Devo Samuel is back. So I don't think it's going to be a great week for him because he doesn't seem to be able to get targets with Devo and Brandon Ayuk on the field. But I am at tight end six. You have him at tight end five. You just keep plugging him in because he has too high of a ceiling. But I will say I have Dalton Schultz as my tight end five this week. You have him at eight, so you're high on him too. I love him against the Bengals. Interesting spot. And Dalton Schultz, like he has been kind of balling at least five targets in each of the last four games, 60 plus receiving yards and a touchdown in uh, each of the last three games. Like this is three, or of, the three of the last four, four games. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, like this has been a just a late breakout. I was so on board with the Dalton Schultz train and I gave up on it way too quickly. I, I well, he was doing nothing the first three, three weeks. The first three weeks of the season, he ruined my life, and I just went into a, a deep I mean, dark depression. Just keep like plugging him in. No, but he has absolutely come on. Like he has been a, a total force. And the thing about Dalton Schultz is like the upside is clearly high. This offense is much better than we would have projected. 
the matchup is fine. And then you look at the – it's not just fine. It's great. Uh, the, the Bengals have been a great matchup for They're opposing tight ends. They're the most fantasy points to tight ends this year. But, like, when you look at his ceiling in the floor, like, every tight end has the same floor. And it's, yeah. like, zero points. And that – you just have to live with that. Because any tight end, any given week, unless your name is Travis Kelsey – you might deliver a, a big honking goose egg. Yeah. And TJ Hawkinson at this point. Has been yeah. Very, so, you, very but consistent. like you live with that. So you, you live with the fact that you might have a down week last uh, week, eight, five targets, two catches, five receiving yards. Didn't score a touchdown. And that's in the realm of possibilities, but also last week with 11 targets, 130 yards on touchdown. Yeah. Like, and so, but how many tight ends, like, so how many tight ends could post a five receiving yard week? All of them. How many tight ends have a realistic shot on a a weekly basis at sixty plus receiving yards and a score? That that yeah. list is a lot shorter. Yeah. Uh, talk about Taysom Hill real quick. He is so annoying. I mean, he just keeps <laughs> getting it done, and you just keep plugging him in. I mean, he's totally touchdown dependent, but he just keeps scoring touchdowns. But the thing, it's not just the touchdowns though; it's the opportunity. Six and a half rushing attempts. And just under five targets per game. In rushing yards used the last two weeks. It's been insane. Like he is getting just right around twelve opportunities a game. When you consider his rushing attempts, his target share, like he has been a top eight tight end each of the last four weeks. I think but you you're just not start really him. Going to be happy with his fantasy production unless he gets into the end zone. But he just keeps getting into the end zone. And their best play. I mean, they the Saints struggle in the red zone, right? Because Derek Carr sucks, and he's always struggled in the red zone. But when they get – they're finally realizing, just put Taysom Hill in. He's great around the goal line, and he scores every time. I mean, defenses could not stop this man. It's so bizarre because I know exactly what they're yeah, doing. Every like, time you see Taysom Hill in the backfield. Yeah, you know, and he always gets in. So, yeah, you just keep plugging in Taysom Hill. Again, He's going to have some disappointing weeks like every other tight end. But while he's getting these opportunities, he is a very, very solid tight end every week. Now, I have to ask you a question. All right. This is my beef. Why does Kyle Pitts keep getting ranked higher than Johnu Smith every week in consensus rankings? And then also your rankings. Also, my other co-host on my other fantasy podcast, Vinny, he always ranks Kyle Pitts higher. Why? Why? Like, I don't understand it. A- Throughout the whole season, Jonu Smith is averaging more points. I didn't come here to get points, assaulted. More is averaging more points per game than Kyle Pitts this year. But then even at just since week two, averaging two more fantasy points per game than Kyle Pitts this year. It's just like I, I don't understand how I understand Arthur Smith sucks, right? And you just uh, kinda holding out hopes like I am for Bijan Robinson, but we we're seeing that Jonu Smith is the preferred tight end in this offense. I they mean, have the same ceiling and they have the same floor. So I don't understand. I mean, we just saw John o. Smith go off for a hundred yards and a touchdown last week. Okay. Dang. So they have the same ceiling and the same floor. And John o. Smith seem, is producing better than Kyle Pitts this year. All year long. I don't have an argument. For okay. <laughs> like so I, I really it's just genuinely the name, don't. Right. So it's not like you have Pitts high. You have him at tight end 10. So it's not like you're like dying for him, but John o. Smith at tight end 15. I'll, I have John o. Smith at 11. Again, it's not like I'm dying to play him. I have Kyle Pitts at tight end 13 because they're the same exact players, but John o. Smith is outscoring him. So that's why I have him a couple spots higher. 
I, I just need to get that off my chest. Okay. Okay. And last but not least, Trey McBride. Everyone was super pumped to play him last week, unless you listened to this podcast and we told you don't play him against the Browns. Don't play players against the Browns when they play in Cleveland, right? Especially when it's Clayton Toon and, and Trey McBride. Like, don't play those guys. But, um, you know, he had his huge week in week eight. 95 yards and a touchdown on 10 receptions, 14 targets. Do we think with Kyler Murray back, this offense a little bit better? Will he get targets again? I think this is a, a fine matchup just in terms of like the actual matchup. I think it's fine um, with the the Falcons allowing the ninth most fantasy points to tight ends. Like I, I like that. Um, you love to see his availability in the offense, the offensive snap rates, like all of that is – fantastic and I'm I'm excited about that and yeah I I think like out of all of the pass catchers the tight end we always see the tight end be a little bit of a safety valve and for a guy that's kind of taken on that role I think as the team has very much needed it in the midst of the Josh Dobbs Clayton Toon era like I I could very much picture this being a, a situation where we see Trey McBride make you know, even if it's not the most efficient day, I think it could be a fine day. But yeah, I think this could be a really nice volume play, especially. So you have him at tight end 11. I'm at tight end 12. So not a guy we're dying to get into our lineups, but he is. We're saying he's a playable guy. Yeah, right? and for somebody like I'm going to guess there are a lot of fantasy managers a little skittish after last week's game. 22 receiving yards against the Browns. Not great. Um still had almost half of his entire team's offensive yardage production. <laughs> oh my God, that's Pretty funny. incredible. Yeah. Um, but like I, but clearly this offense does like to go to the tight ends, right? We saw it with Zach Ertz to start the year. We saw it. Then it's when, been a feature when Ertz went to IR, then Trey McBride has a big week. Now maybe that was just Josh Dobbs, but last year, Kyler Murray threw to Zach Ertz a lot. It didn't turn into a lot of yards, but he had a ton of receptions, a ton of targets last year, Zach Ertz with Kyler Murray. So I do think that Trey McBride will be a solid starter for the rest of the year. Like a guy, not super high, but you know, in the range of tight end eight to 12 from week to week, maybe it'll take longer than Kyler Murray's first week back. But I do think he's a viable option this week. For sure. That is it for today's show. Boom, boom, boom. Roasted. If you have any questions before Sunday, hit us up on Twitter. I am Michelle. You can find me at Ball Blast em, Ball Blast E-M. And you can follow me, Kate, at Kate Majuk. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye.